0: What up everybody, Ryan Rucco, C.C. Sabathia here with a brand new episode of R2C2. We just recorded this right after a swing game five with Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers winning. We dive into it all. It's coming up next, a brand new R2C2. What's
1: up, everybody? We back. Another
0: late-night edition, man. Sunday night after Game 5 of the World Series. You know, Game 4 was so wild. And, uh, I mean, it was just so wild. And you had Kershaw on the mound in Game 5, so we figured we needed an instant reaction R2-C2, which we were getting quite familiar with in your retired life during these playoffs.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just a matter of me being able to stay up. You know what I'm saying? But... uh, (laughs) But uh, other than that, I mean, it's it's been good. I mean, you know, I'm I'm up watching these games anyway, so yeah,
0: it's good. M- might as well just put a microphone in front of your face. Yeah, after it, you know? we, I should do it from the
1: couch. Is what I should do.
0: You should do. But I see you got a new podcast studio working there, yeah, man. It's it's coming
1: along. We got some, you know, a few more things to put together. But you know, I got me a little space. I was tired of to work of working in the office, so uh, they moved me down to the basement. It's all good. Too many distractions. Too many distractions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, first things first, see, I think, you know, this game, th- there are a few huge moments, right? And obviously, Kershaw is the biggest story, but I just want to start with this. You know, obviously, uh, your comments about Mookie Betts got a lot of run last <laughs> week. <laughs> Even though you said and he made a great a- catch
1: yesterday, had a good yeah. game again today, started off the game. Like, yeah, well, you, so- it is what it is. The guy's amazing.
0: <laughs> well, so that's my thing. Like, that first at bat from Mookie sets the tone for the Dodgers, right? Because you're coming off, I mean, that game four loss, you can't, you can't sleep after that game if yeah. you're a Dodger, if you're a Dodgers fan, right? And Mookie, eight pitches, and then rifles a double to left field, ends up coming around to score on the Seager hit, then Seager with the great base running ends up making it 2 nothing. But CeCe, when I look at the, the game. The first thing I think about is the way Mookie started off the game with that at bat and the double.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just thinking about Tyler Glass now, the way he pitched the, you know, the first game, you know, kind of all over the place, nibbling. And then he came out today and was throwing the ball over the plate. He was trying to be aggressive, but then you get Mookie up there, have a great at bat and, you know, Seager right after that. And then you're down one to nothing. And then, and then he goes back to what he did um, in the previous start where he was just kind of nibbling and. I mean, so it's a tough thing when you're pitching in the World Series and you know you you go you go out and you give up six walks and you come out the next start and you're like, all right, fuck, I'm gonna be aggressive and you have Mookie up there, eight pitch at bat, you're like, fuck, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> yeah. that in between is that you don't really want to feel right now because you want to, you know, you want to be confident and in, in being able to go out and execute get, execute pitches. And I feel like Glass now it just threw him right off his game. Uh, Mookie Mookie's first AB just threw him right off right off his game. You know, right at the beginning of the game.
0: Right, because if he gets Mookie there as he's being aggressive, right, all of a sudden it, it changes It's like, everything. let me just be
1: aggressive in the strike yeah. zone. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and like how we were going through the game with Snell the other day. Yeah. And, you know, it being so important to him not to walk guys, and he just came out and was getting quick outs, but he was being aggressive in the strike zone. But because they had scored a run early, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and, and he comes out, and Mookie has a great at-bat, and it just fucked up his whole game plan, I feel like.
0: You know what's interesting? You talk about scoring a run early. It, I think Smoltz might have made this point on the broadcast, and it was an interesting one that I jotted down. Let me have to see about that. When you are in a playoff game and your team is coming off a, a painful loss, right? Like a gut-wrenching, ugh, type loss, do you prefer your team is the road, like just at bat-wise, forget fans, okay? Yeah. Do you, do you prefer to be batting in the top of the first or the bottom of the first that next game? I prefer, I
1: wanna be hitting first. I I wanna be hitting first. Um you know. Especially just to give us a chance to to get off to a good start, get a run and and get going. Um like I said, in the in the games when you're pitching the playoffs, no matter whether big loss I mean, they all every loss is the same in the playoffs. You're devastated. No matter whether mm. you lose about 20 runs or you lose how the Dodgers did last night. You know what I mean? Like they're devastating. So when you come in as a starter, all you're just thinking about is how we're gonna score a run. So once we score you feel like you're going to pitch good, right? You feel like you're going to go out, you're going to shut the other team down. You feel like you're going, you know, you're confident. You just try to figure out how we're going to score a run. So if you get that run early or we get as many opportunities as possible, you know what I'm saying? We hitting first, we score early, you just feel a lot better about it.
0: Well, and see, I mean, how much do you think that helped Kershaw? that he takes the mound in the bottom of the first with all the context that we know that goes with Kershaw mm-hmm. and his October struggles after you know being one of the greatest pitchers of all time. How much does it help him that by the time he takes the mound, he has a two nothing lead?
1: Man, it's huge. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it, I mean, it just, it just lets you be able to take a deep breath and go out. And like I said, just be a stri- aggressive in the strike zone. And that's what you need in October is for your best starters to be aggressive in the strike zone, you know? And, and, you know, getting that early lead um, on the flip side for Kershaw. Um, just let him go out and be able to relax and, and you know, pitch a good game. And and I'm not going to say finally deliver that that playoff start everybody's been looking for. But, you know, he may have pitched the Dodgers, you know, into the World Series instead of pitching them out of it, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, you look at his starts in this, in this World Series, right? He was fantastic in Game 1. And tonight, he didn't have the put-away pitches the way he did in Game 1. And yet, he still found a way to get
1: yeah, through. Yeah, but you're in a series with a with a really good team, so um, you you're not, you can't expect you know to have you know big strikeout nights back to back game back to back starts against a team like that. Um, you know, just the second start, the second time around, you just want to go out and and get quick outs and get ground balls and you know pitch deep into the game as possible. You don't really care how that looks. And to be honest, I mean, he looked great in game one, but that shit didn't matter. He needed to pitch good today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he knew that. We knew that, you know. And he needed to pitch them, you know, into a World Series victory instead of out of one.
0: That's a great point, C. Because we've seen him have good starts early in series before, right? For sure. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden, in that crucial swing game, he spits the bit, and it's like, oh, here we go again with Kershaw. Instead, in a in a swing game five after just you know one of the craziest games and losses of all time. He delivered tonight. He
1: totally and completely delivered. He definitely came through. So, I mean, I, I mean, that's a great thing. And and it's not even that he came through. I feel like they finally put him in a put, good position. Like, mm. you know, people say they they took him out quick or whatever. But, you know, we know from experience of watching this that they normally leave him in too long. So, you know, just letting them kind of end on a high note, getting them out of there. I mean, I know it was a quick inning. And, um, you know, you can point to that if the game goes wrong and say you could have left him in. But you know, looking going from experience and you know all the late inning home runs and all that stuff that he's given up, you don't want to see that again.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. See, right? Because it's like it's trying to predict how can you get him out of there before it turns into one of those moments. Yeah, again. yeah. I mean, and, and,
1: and you have to do that. I don't care what inning it is. You know, if, if you if you're winning the game and he's pitching, you want him to leave on a high note.
0: Yeah, and they they were able to do that. I mean, it it was. It was jarring when he was taken out in the sixth because he got the first two outs on two pitches. And, you know, he had had the one, two, three, fifth inning, and he's in the mid-80s in his pitch count, right? I think he was like 86. And you're like, whoa, wh- wh- what are you doing? Because you still got to get to the finish line. But yeah. uh, the, the, the ball, it was two outs, but it wasn't two soft outs in the sixth. And the last thing he... It, you don't know when all of a sudden that timer's going off and it's going the other direction with Kershaw, as we've seen.
1: Yeah, and they, and they you know, the, the Dodgers are analytics-driven. We know that, right? Yeah. And I feel like they, they do everything, you know, by their numbers, except for when Kershaw's on the mound. When Kershaw's <laughs> on the mound, we throw all that shit out. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And today they finally fucking stuck to their what they wanted to do. <laughs> First time ever, ever, that Kershaw's been on the mound. And they actually stuck to what they fucking do. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's a I good mean, point. And they that's might a, win them
0: the World Series now. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good point, man. That's a good point. It, do you feel good for Kershaw as another guy who you know is a is a legacy lefty in the history of baseball? Seeing Kershaw have uh, the kind of World Series he's had thus far, and especially tonight.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, him and, and Price too. Um, you know Price having that that uh, postseason he did with Boston a couple years ago. Um, you know guys like that that have had those long careers, like you said, those legacy lefties. I mean, you know, to be able to top it off with a World Series victory is just kind of um, it's just kind of fitting for those guys, you know. And and yeah, you know, I was, it was kind of taking too long for Price, so I'm just glad mm-hmm. he got got his.
0: And you know, hopefully now Kershaw, you know, is on his way to his for sure. It's interesting because. For whatever reason, and I think it's what I talked to you about before on the last episode, that when there's all-time greats in a sport, I like them, even if I rooted against them, which hasn't been the case with Kershaw, but even if I rooted against them, I like them to eventually get their titles because my sports universe feels out of balance if they don't. It feels weird if they haven't won, to me. And in the case of Kershaw, I really want him to get his title, because it feels so strange to me to look at a guy and say, well, this guy has been the most dominant regular season pitcher I've ever seen in my lifetime. you know, And he's got three Cy Youngs. I mean, even this year, when it felt like, oh, is Kershaw quite what he what?" We well, had a 2-1-60 oh, no. already. Yeah, he, you know? he, he found it yeah. again. He's disgusting. Yeah, he is disgusting. So I want, him to, I want him to have that postseason success so that the universe feels like it's set right.
1: Yeah, but there's never even been a, a comp and no. Like there's yeah, there's
0: exactly. not an athlete
1: that's like that's been this good in the regular season that's been that that bad in the postseason. Can, can you know I give I mean? you what? that's had that many chances in the World Series?
0: Can I give you one? Yeah, well, not in the World Series, you're right, but the one it reminds me of most is A-Rod Pre-09. Now, this there's a caveat to this. Because if you look at A-Rod's playoff numbers up until the final three games against Boston in 4 in the ALCS, he really? actually, he was a great playoff player. Like, until those final three games of the 4 ALCS when he was not the only one who didn't hit, by the way. You know, Sheffield went in the tank. All of a sudden, Matsui, who always hit in the playoffs, didn't hit. Jeter was the only guy hitting on that Yankee team. But fr- then 5 Alex... Struggles immensely in the first round, so and so he struggled. So oh, he struggled. So he only yeah. struggled
1: for three playoffs, and now Yankee fans freak the fuck out. Well, he struggled for he struggled for three playoffs, guys. If yeah. you ju- if you like breaking it down by your logic, yeah. he struggled oh yeah. five oh six
0: 07. and
1: 07, right oh eight yep. they didn't make the playoffs right, and then oh nine he wins us the World Series. Yes. So, what yes. are you guys talking about there?
0: A hundred percent. Well, his sample size—it's it's not even not close not to Kershaw. Guys. No, 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 not it's even not. close. It's that's not. Yankee fans freaking the fuck out. Yeah, and it's, this guy it, won us our last World Series. A hundred percent. It's it, but that's my point. My point is, it felt prior to 09, it felt off because you saw a guy who was so good in the regular season. And keep in mind, he's the MVP in 05. Yeah. He's the M- MVP in 07. 07. yeah. Yeah, and then in the playoffs, he's putting up two for 15s, and you're like, he <laughs> he, w- he went on some crazy, like, rbi list streak, and you're like, what is going on? And then in 09, you see this game wrecker who just, beast modes through the entire playoffs right i get get here
1: and i'm like i don't know what the fuck y'all talking about this guy gets every big hit like what do you guys i don't don't know
0: what this is everybody's like oh my
1: god we can't beat anaheim and a-rod don't hit the playoffs and a-rod smashing the playoffs and then we had to go through anaheim and ALCS.
0: but but you know what i'm saying that shit works out you're right it was a much smaller sample size especially since Oh five, oh six, and oh seven are just one series apiece. So you're really talking about not three years. Talk about three series. Three so it's, series. A, it's a small sample size. Yeah. But but it was such a jarring juxtaposition from his regular seasons that he had, especially since two of them were MVP years. That if and because then you have the noise and the narrative and the way it builds in this city, especially from Yankee fans, that it it felt it. it it felt like it was a huge monkey he had to get off his back, and so then 09, when he has the series, he has it feels like oh yeah, like this makes more sense because that's the guy I watched for 162 games.
1: And, and you know what's crazy too? In 09, I remember during the like during the the regular season, like because I could, I'd heard all the stuff about him not being able to hit in the playoffs and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, it felt like every time we had a, like a, a big spot like, Al would come up in, in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, 6th yeah. or 7th inning, runners on 2nd and 3rd, late in the game, needs to get a hit. Like, he would always come in those, up in those situations in the 9 And a lot of times, he didn't get it done. And then, get to the playoffs, and then you're like, damn, like, maybe, you know, you not you don't think, you wish somebody else was up there, but you just like,
0: hoping yeah. he can
1: come through. In every situation in 0-9, he came through. You know what I'm saying? So, like, baseball is such a cruel sport like that where, like, you just get put in those situations so much if if you're uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying. Whatever you're uncomfortable with, baseball will expose that shit, man. It, and it, no matter it, whether you fucking Clayton Kershaw, Alex Rodriguez, or the 25th man on the bench, you know what I'm saying. Like this game is cruel in that way.
0: It 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 is amazing how that happens. It's it, it's like uh, it's like a universal poetry that it, it always ends up coming down to those guys who you are focusing in on most for whatever storyline reason. And for Kershaw tonight, see, like he gives back the two runs after they have the 3-nothing lead. And then the fourth inning happens. And the Rays get first and third, nobody out, and Kershaw and you th- in my mind I'm thinking, "Oh gosh, it's it's happening again. It's hap- this guy had a 3-nothing lead and he's it's happening again." And he gets the two big outs, including you know the strikeout of Adamus to, to get two outs. And then he still has one more out to get, but Margot tries to steal home. And one of the first things I thought, knowing we were doing this pod after, is how hard is it, especially as a lefty? When you're in that position, right, your back is to that runner at third base. I mean, Kershaw has this exaggerated high set. Which, mm-hmm. which is a really slow developing high set. Margot takes off, as much of our audience will know, but just to make clear to them, in order for it not to be a ball, Kershaw has to step back off the rubber first mm-hmm. before he throws home. He does, makes an accurate enough throw. They just get Margot literally by inches. That's the turning point of the game, right? That, it, there's a lot of big moments of the game. That's the key moment of the game. It's the final out of the inning. They preserve the 3-2 lead. Kershaw then retires the next five batters he faces before he's taken out. But I wanted to ask you, how hard is that, see? How hard is it to stay poised in that moment when that guy's stealing home and you can't see him and you know you got a quick step off and then make an accurate throw?
1: No, that's tough. I mean, and I told you this earlier off the pod that, that just that's just experience. If, if, it's, if it's a younger lefty on the mound, he gets him the ball for sure. Especially mm. in that situation in the World Series, you can't see him running... I mean, even for Kershaw to step off and not look, you know, and not look at him before you make the throw, you just got to step off and make the throw. You know what I'm saying? Your natural instinct would be step off, look at the runner, and then try to throw. But if he does all that, then he's safe. So you just have to step off and literally throw the ball to the plate. And that's only something that an old pitcher would be able to do. Anybody else would ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even trying to be, I mean, I'm trying to think of an old, Andy, he might have got Andy to ball. Like cause Andy be on the mound panicking and shit. He, deb- <laughs> he he definitely probably would've got Andy to bark, but Andy probably would have been thrown out of the wind up anyway, so he was still home anyway. Yeah, like yeah. Ellsbury did that one game. But um no, I mean, for the most part, when when you're old like, I don't know I don't know how to explain this. It's just you've been through it a million times. So you can slow it down, know what you need to do, actually think through stepping off and then throwing the ball to the plate. I feel like it, that shit would have that shit would have worked if you would have had a, a younger guy on the mound. Anybody but Kershaw.
0: Are you taught in that situation to not look at the runner to just get the ball home if you know he's going? You're not really taught
1: anything, man. Like we don't practice that shit. You know that's what I'm saying. Like you don't you don't practice that. The only way you know what to do is just by being out there a bunch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the, that's not something you can practice like. I don't even know how to fucking duplicate that. You know what I'm saying? That's just like you being out there, being able to slow the game down and calm down. Like his long, this this yeah. long thing, it's like the same thing as how I used to just sit there. So like, I, I'm you know, like I'm under control. I'm breathing slow. So if somebody tell me to step up, I just literally step off. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So like when he's doing this, like he's like, he's under control. It looks all crazy and shit. But, you know, he's like thinking through like what the pitch he's about to throw. So he's like really under control when he's coming coming down like this. And then mm-hmm. you just tell him to step off, he steps off and throw it to the plate.
0: Can you remember any times in your career where guys tried to steal home? No.
1: I, I, I don't. I can't I can't remember any time. That's why I was just trying to think. Yeah. Um not at all. Not not no. And for the longest time, I pitched out of the wind up with guys at third and then uh Actually, fucking pitching against the Yankees, I had that gave up that bases loaded single to Jeter. Fucking, I remember that. I remember my whole trip to New York one time. But anyway, (laughs) but so after that, I stopped throwing with the with the bases. I mean, I would stop throwing out of the windup. But no, I can't remember a time ever with somebody um, tried to steal home. For me, it was always second to third. Hmm. I could never see the runner like like it was so hard for me to see what the runner was doing at second. So from second to third was always blind for me.
0: That's interesting. I, so the Jeter, I, what you what you're talking about is a. I can distinctly remember it's an afternoon game at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, bases, man. Bases base is loaded. loaded. It was Jeter's a Saturday afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Jeter's at first. It's like. A, oh, it was a, Giambi.
1: Jeter was at first. Yeah, yeah. yeah Giambi Jeter's got the base up the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It's a three-two count, so runners are going, and I, there was like Giambi like fouled a ball off once or twice, bunch. maybe. It was, yeah, bunch, yeah. it was a long at bat. Yeah. Yep. And,
1: and Wedgie kept trying to tell me to pitch out of the uh to pitch out of the stretch. And I'm like, fuck that! I'm about to strike this fool out. Yeah, I just I thought I was gonna strike him <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't even worried about putting the ball in play.
0: Yep, and it's a single up the middle. And not only do the runners on second and third score, but Jeter ends up scoring from first on it.
1: Yeah, man. And that was the
0: end of you pitching out of the windup with a runner. That was with, it. Yeah, I don't know what year the- that was. Maybe 2005 or six or something like that. Um, yes. but yeah, that was it. That's so funny, man. I can remember I was at a gas station when that happened. I was literally waiting in my car to hear the end of the at-bat before I got out to pump gas. Yeah. I can rem- I can remember exactly where I, I was, base man. it
1: up the middle, three-run yeah. single.
0: Three-run single, man. Three-run single. So that's the biggest moment of the game. And look, I, you know, Kershaw, not only was he poised in that moment, he also was poised getting out of that jam, right? Getting the first two outs with yeah. first and third, nobody out, not letting the wheels spin necessarily into – past playoff failures but just getting out of it
1: i wonder no way they called that right no way they told him to take off and still home <sighs> the, i like don't like just I, panic mode a little bit like oh shit we need to try to make something happen but no way
0: I, you know it's interesting i'll be interesting to hear what they say and what kevin cash says i can't see them i can't see them calling it
1: but see, that's where we need a position player position yeah, players yeah, will yeah, know yeah. that shit. What you know they what i'm call saying it?
0: But oh, here we go. Mar- Margot said he did Bobby Wagner, our uh, our 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 clutch uh, associate producer here, um, he he he's coming up with the with the clutch uh info. Margot said he did it on his own. Oh yeah, see, there so there you go. But but my my wonder is this even if he did it on his own, I wonder if they had like at least talked about it ahead of time. Like, hey, if you happen to get on third in a situation where it might make sense to steal home, Kershaw has this exaggerated high stretch, you might be able to take advantage of it. I'm you know, sure they like, did. I'm sure that was yeah. part of
1: their, their, I mean, you know, I'm sure that was probably part of their, you know, advance meeting that day or today before they yeah. came. Or or maybe he discussed it with third base coach, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just came up with it right then.
0: You know, the other thing that was, uh, could have been a huge controversial move in this uh, game besides, you know, taking Kershaw out after getting two outs on two pitchers in the sixth was taking Dustin May out in the eighth, like Dave Roberts did, calling on the lefty Gonzalez uh, to face the lefty Choi, who then gets yanked and they pinch hit the righty Brasso and, Brasso. and then it's like, yeah, and then all of a sudden he's facing righty Brasso and righty Rosarena right behind him, right? And I, I mean, that... So May looks so good that that was another move where I was like, ooh, and then... Gonzalez ends up getting out of it, getting two big outs, right? And then you're like, okay, how are they going to start the ninth? Because Kenley Jansen coming off a tough night last night, and he hasn't yeah. he's had a really good career, but he has not been automatic in these spots. Uh and you know, <laughs> Gonzalez just looked really good. So I'm thinking, like, do you leave Gonzalez in, see how much more you can get, then bring in Trinan? But he goes to Trinan, and Trinan was Trinan was great. Like, but I have to say, as he as soon as he took out May, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And you could sense Joe Buck and, and it was thinking it too, like this is another, this is going to be another analytic disaster. Like that's what it <laughs> felt like to me. It felt like the eye test is going to be once again overlooked, and it's going to be a disaster. But I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't,
1: I didn't feel that with May just because he hadn't been pitching well in the playoffs. Mm. So, like you're just trying to get as many outs as you can out of these guys. Yeah, you know, I- until you until you feel good about it. You know what I'm saying? Like. It, like you just wanna like for me at this point, like you just wanna get these guys out of the game on a high note so that like they could come in and do it again tomorrow or in game seven. You know what I'm saying? And and I mean, you had Choi up there who's been hot. Um, yeah. you know, our great producer, Bobby Wagner, said this earlier. May he ain't been he hasn't been missing a lot of bats this playoff this postseason. During the season he did, you know, he was pitching yeah. great, but during this postseason, he, you know he's been getting touched up. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to second guess the decisions when they won the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, and I hadn't even seen that lefty Gonzalez out of the pen. I I mean, they got so many guys, bro. It's like, crazy, man. It's crazy. So, um, yeah. I mean, and I knew they weren't coming back with Kenley, though. Yeah. Not for the ninth, uh, especially after how many pitches you threw yesterday. It was stressful. Um, so I knew they were going to try to bullpen it by committee,
0: and 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 trying to look great. He he looked great. He, he did. He he looked great in that night. Man, so you that was crazy out.
1: for the Rays, man. Like Willie Adams, I feel like needs to have like a couple big hits. Yeah, like, he's been he's been non-existent. Uh, Austin Meadows, like the guys yeah. that I'm normally used to watching kill the Yankees, aren't hitting right now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, Rosarina's got 27 fucking hits in the playoffs, bro. <laughs> like this guy's been carrying him. Somebody else has got to step up, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. If these guys are gonna get to Game Seven, if these guys are gonna win the win this thing, somebody else is gonna have to step up. And and I think it's gonna have to be like Adamus or it's gonna have to be Adamus. You know, he 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 comes up in some big spots, and you know he's he's always up there, and he he puts some good bats together. He's just not hitting the ball hard.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they will need a big hit from him at some point. And the biggest at-bat of the game, you know, after the, the attempt to steal a home by Margot, it's that first and second, one out in the eighth, Gonzalez facing a Rosa Rayner, right? That's the biggest at-bat. And first pitch swinging, I don't know if it was a two-seamer Gonzalez threw that kind of cut on the outside corner or whatever, but gets it him off the end of the bat. And then he's set up, as Sadie Zill just reminded me, then he's set up to face a lefty next in Lau. And, and, Gonz- and Gonzalez gets Lau out for the final out of that inning. But that at bat against when that, when that
1: ball When, when Lau hit that ball, I thought that shit was getting down. Cause Yeah, me too. I, me everybody too. in the Dodgers thought so too because Mookie was, was hyped. Everybody uh, was like hyped. I thought that ball was
0: getting down. Bellinger closed on it quick in he center did. field, man. He, he closed he on it quick. You know, it, it's interesting. There's – the moves work, and you're right. It's hard to question it when when they work. I mean – this is their plan. They followed it. It worked. Bravo. Move on. What's interesting to me is a team like the Dodgers, they stick very strictly to what the analytics lay out when they're making their in game decisions. And we have seen some highly questionable first guesses over the last however many postseasons as they've lost, right? Games where you're like, what were they doing? And yet, Dave Roberts did something that you would have said is against the numbers by not sticking with Kenley Jansen, right? Like, you could argue that move where you change closers is doing the same thing that people are asking you to do at other points of the game, which is trusting the eye test, right? Like, going away from... You have a large sample size of one thing, but you know in this moment you need to do something else because... Of I mean, how this guy I mean, is. How many
1: pitches did Kenley throw yesterday? You know.
0: Uh, yeah. I'll because find I think that
1: that, out. that 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 has something to do with it. Um, yeah.
0: But but you know what I'm saying? See, where we yeah. see we we can see we see in the playoffs, managers go away from relievers who all of a sudden are scuffling. For sure. Yet yet they won't within a game. You know, trust their eyes, but they will when it comes to kind of. Getting somebody out of a high leverage spot. It's interesting to me. Like,
1: you know what's crazy is that it's weird is that like the Dodgers, like you said, um, they have so many guys and they are so analytics driven that I mean Kenley is a closer, but at any point somebody can can close a game for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, for us, like we we are, we you know, we are driven by analytics and all that same way, just like everybody else but Chappie's closing the fucking game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. So there's a difference in like, in, in just in philosophy, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the game, we know Chappie's closing the game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, all the numbers, mm-hmm. all that shit, whatever. You throw that shit out the window. He's the best reliever that we have. He's in the game. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like the Dodgers sometimes, like, I mean, not even sometimes. Like, they'll, I mean, Kimley's not in there a lot of the times at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? It was the right uh, move tonight. It was the right move tonight. 21 they,
0: pitches, by the way. 21 the night before. That's not so it's a lot. No, they, they, nah, they
1: definitely could have brought him back. Yeah. They definitely could have brought him back. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that's a weird thing, but that, I, I just feel like that's how they are. I mean, they they, they do everything by the numbers, whereas, like, all matchups and, you know, whoever's coming up, they'll they'll roll with whoever they need to, whereas most teams, well, other teams that are have good bullpens, they have their set closer the guy that's going to close the game, no matter what the numbers say.
0: Here's my, it worked out, but just philosophically. Here's my problem with the idea of always trying to time when you take a guy out. The more people you go to in the pen, the higher the chances are that one of them just doesn't have it that day, right? And it's not, it's not a computer program where you know if you plug in X, you're going to get Y. so. We can say, hey, the numbers would tell us over the largest sample size, this is the decision I should make to get the best result. And I won't even contest that because I think they have the numbers so down. That's right. Like over, over if you do it 10 times, you know, the highest chance of success is going to be if you make move A, right? But my point is where like the manager to me is supposed to make a difference is for those select scenarios where he can see, hold on, on this day, you know, this guy has it. And I don't and and I'm not like gonna, I'm not gonna extend, I'm not gonna go to six guys in my pen instead of four when this guy has it, right? Because chances are the more guys I go to, the higher the chances are that one of them just doesn't have it that day. You know, no matter what, no matter what they would do over the large sample size. That's my pro that's my general philosophical problem with constantly taking guys out who are rolling because of matchups looming because chances are at some point you hit a guy who's just off that day if and that's you keep what I, going to the pen
1: i feel like the rays don't do that i feel like the rays if the guy like if pete fairbanks is in there he's dealing they just leave him in yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying whereas like other teams have the they're set like this is how we're going to pitch it this is how we have to do it no matter how it's going we got to bring this guy in because this is what we said we was gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is how we mapped it out. And I feel like, yeah, and I feel like that's where some teams missed the boat.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, like we are driven so by the too.
1: numbers, but if it's, if it's, if one guy's got it, like you said, I'm not gonna just keep bringing running guys out there if this motherfucker can finish the game. You know what, I, what I'm saying? I, so I, I feel like I feel like a lot of, a lot of teams missed the boat on that shit and not actually managing the game and just mapping out the game. You can't map out a fucking baseball game. You have to manage through the game. You know what I'm saying?
0: I I agree with you. And and the and the counter to that that people would say and the counter to the example we're bringing up is they would say, well, you know, you don't know if it's that one time and if you keep, you know, using your gut, chances are you're going to you're not going to give yourself the best chance for success because the reason the analytics work is because you sort of blanketly buy into them and you know that more times than not it's going to be correct but i disagree because it's not a computer program like you you part of part of your insight right see i mean you could tell me you, are there were there days where you just you just knew like this guy has it like we need to stick with him. Like this guy's kind of dealing with something, even though he's normally great. I don't know if we want to go to him today. Like, I mean, that exists, right? Just as human beings.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, day to day too. I mean, just on, on on how guys guys feel. But my yeah. biggest thing is like, for me, like the formula that you went with during the regular season is it has to be the same as that you do in the in the postseason. Hmm. You can't you can't use a certain amount of guys in a formula during the regular season and then get to the postseason and then switch it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, I don't know how to how to explain that other than what I just said. Mm-hmm. However, you, however, you using guys during the season throughout the whole summer, that's the makeup of your team. So when you get to October and you try to change that or you try to not use a certain guy or something like that, it fucks up the whole balance of the bullpen and of the whole team. To be honest,
0: mm. yeah. Well, tonight the Dodgers get a big bounce back win after that wild game four, and...
1: I still think the Rays got to win game six, bro. You do? I think this goes, goes seven, yeah. I, I, I think the Rays win game six. I mean... I don't know how. Maybe it's some wild shit again, you yeah, know what I'm saying, yeah. but... H- how wild they, was that
0: game four? Oh, my gosh, man. man that
1: shit was crazy. That shit like, was crazy. And you know what I was thinking, too? Like, I feel bad because if Kenley's backing up home, cuz... Mm, if he's... But, like, when you... When you, like it's hard because I never packed up bases I'm not gonna sit yeah. there and lie. you just want to watch the play you know like you just watching yeah. the play but if he's behind home plate, because tie game you never know what happens you know yeah. what I'm saying like that's why like it's just hard like baseball is one of those sports where everybody's gotta be doing their the right thing at the right time like you just got to be doing your part so if he were to continue with the play and be just doing his part backing up home he catches that ball and he throws a, a rosarina out you know what I'm saying like it's just a fucking Scream sucks, bro. It's yeah, so it, hard. It, it's so hard.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, uh, Sue Sue a good friend of both of ours, and one of the best clutch athletes I've ever seen. She has this pe- quote when people ask her about like, you know, what, like, what happens in the clutch, or like, why are players good, and you know, a lot aren't, whatever. And she always says, because for most people their their brains fall through their butts in those moments that's it yeah. that's 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 her quote and you could kind of see that in that relay right everything about it the fact everything that, about it the fact he, that from he Taylor's cut it off yeah why did right, he even right. cut it
1: off what the fuck yeah. are you doing cut the ball off exactly. this is do or die the game's
0: over Cas. i don't exactly. even know why muncie cut the fucking ball off exactly exactly it's that was that was a brain through the butt moment. Like I'm that's like, what. Yo, what the fuck are they doing? That was yeah, crazy, man. man. Ex- exa- exactly. Even even Taylor. I'm like, wh- why are you trying? Wh- why are you trying to aggressively charge it to throw the guy out at third on yeah. that? Yeah, like, across your body. No, just no just chance. He's the throwing ball. that guy
1: out at third. No,
0: like no he's chance. throwing that ball in the stands because he's running towards <laughs> first base. Exactly. Everything about that, and then even uh the catcher. You know, swiping before swiping he catches the tag, it. Yeah. Kenley not well, backing I, but, up, but yeah. I, I can't, I
1: can't blame the catcher because he's blind. He don't know where the runner is. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, just looking true. at the play. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the guys, yeah. the other guys already scored. So once the ball comes to him, he's just trying to make a tag because he thinks the runner's right there.
0: Yeah. That's... But
1: Muncie actually cutting the fucking ball off, and then Kenley <laughs> not being back there are yeah. two of the things where I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing, man? Like, that shit was crazy.
0: Brain through the butts moments, man. Yeah, that's what I mean. they are. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's true. It's that's, true. That's, it's, right? it's, hard,
1: it's hard to think your way through those those spots, though. You know what I'm saying?
0: Definitely, man. I mean, because just like, it's so much. It's, I, it's I a can't, lot going on. I can't even imagine, man. I can't even imagine. Uh, So, uh, Dave, I mean, um, yeah, Dave Roberts announced that Gosselin, Gonsolin is going to throw game six. Now we've seen him throw as an opener. We've also seen him throw as a starter with a short leash. In the regular season, he's been a starter and he's had success, even though he hasn't had a lot of starts this year. In eight starts, one relief appearance, he pitched to a 2-3-1 ERA. Going up against Snell, who was excellent his first start, See, are you are you treating Gonsolin as a guy who's just kind of opening a bullpen game for you for the Dodgers, or are you letting him like go out there like he's a starter? Uh,
1: I, I'm I would go bullpen day.
0: Yeah. Okay. I would go
1: bullpen day. Um, you know, let him go a couple of innings and then and then get to, you know, uh, Urias I guess if if that's who you know who's next because they say we're walking Buehler for game seven. Do they have mm-hmm. a day off or they playing tomorrow?
0: They have a day off.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah, definitely bullpen.
0: Okay. Because everybody, so,
1: everybody be fresh. Like, you get a day off tomorrow and then we go bullpen day for sure.
0: And you know, it's funny. I, in my mind, I was thinking leave Dustin May in to finish the game, but it's probably going to benefit the Dodgers now that they took him out when they did. Yeah. And then he gets
1: a day off. And then tomorrow, yeah. I mean, or and then, and then uh, Tuesday, he'll be ready to go for how many ever you need him, uh, especially in the closeout game. And then you got game seven. So, everybody, be, you know, all hands on deck too. So, you can treat. Game six, like all hands on deck too. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. everybody be ready to go. Let's let's close this shit out and and you know get the fuck out of
0: here. Well, we'll do that as well right now. See? <laughs> um, but who knows? Maybe we'll be back for a game six, a post-game six pod. If a for if sure. a champion if a champion's crowned or there's a weird game, and then maybe a post-game seven pot. I mean, you just don't know. I definitely the,
1: think we're getting a uh, game seven, so you're gonna get a game seven post-game pod.
0: Amen. And you guys remember, new pods every Thursday plus bonus pods like this. So follow us on Spotify. Spotify is amazing. You guys know that. Like, it really is. It's amazing. So follow us on Spotify. Just type in R2C2. Yes, we know we're annoying. This is our third home. We're with the ringer now. So make sure you're following the correct R2C2, you know, with with our new logo and the ringer logo as well, presented by FanDuel also. Make sure you're you're following that one and see. I just I have to get this in. Uh, You felt bad last week because you felt like you let the audience uh, astray with your football pick. Yeah. And and And, and so this this week we hedged our bets because I took one side of the Raiders Bucks game. You took the other, and so our audience was gonna they were gonna be winners no matter what.
1: Yeah. So everybody won.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And 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 I I I actually won, but everybody won. (laughs) You know. Everybody won. Everybody I won, won Semi Raiders. Yeah, exactly. That's right, man. That's right. But uh, hey man, let's see how this series, uh, this series turns out. I, I hope we get a game seven.
1: Nah, for sure. I think I think we are, man. And, and I think I expect Blake Snell. Hopefully he comes out pitches like he did the other day, where he just comes out and throws strikes, you know, aggressive in the strike zone. You're gonna hear me say that a, a bunch of times about talking about October baseball.
0: Um, and if he does that, they got a really good chance to win. All right, that's it for the, the Post Game 5 Reaction Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at R2C2. And remember, new episodes every Thursday and bonus episodes as well. Follow us on Spotify and download wherever you get your podcast. Peace!